Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Street Text, where you can run Facebook ads that actually work. They're ready to go Facebook ads that include landing pages, text message assistance through AI, drip emails, capture forms, and best practices. Join Street Text at streettext.com. So the industry is changing. The real estate industry is changing. And I, being a social media guy, I go on stages and speak about how, what's the next technology in terms like AI, artificial intelligence and VR and AR and blockchain and more automation. And I use it in the context to say, it's designed to take your job, Mr. and Mrs. Real Estate Agent. So the one way to overcome that is through social media. But we're bringing on a guest today who was an expert on the AI side of things. And he's going to probably tell me that I'm wrong. And I want you all to hear that because artificial intelligence, AI is extremely important when it comes to lead conversion. And that's exactly why Nate Jones is joining us today. He's the co-founder and head of innovation at Structurally. And we're going to learn a hell of a lot more, at least I am, about topics that are way over my head. So I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. Nate, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, appreciate appreciate it, Jeff. I hope to uh, tell you nicely that you're wrong, <laughs> but uh, in, in, a, in a conversational, good debate way. That's a great, great segue to get us started. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So let's start with this. Let's start with obviously who you are, you know, what what kind of led you to where you are today. And then once you tell us that, then tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I really got my start with my co-founder in college. For whatever reason, we thought uh, we were dumb enough to think that we could be real estate investors in college and uh, had no money. So that made no sense. But what ended up happening was we talked to a bunch of real estate agents, lenders, people from the prop property tech or property management space and kind of just figured out that like what you know what don't you like doing and what kept coming up was lead follow up the behind the scenes the mundane tasks real estate agents lenders whatever they're really great at getting or being face to face they love getting in you know getting close to someone feeling out what they what they're looking for but they hate the behind the scenes stuff the following up with leads, converting leads, that is a chore. And it is a chore, chore for pretty much every salesperson. So we set out to solve that problem with technology, not humans. I think that when, when we were kind of launching structurally, kind of AI, natural language processing, uh, machine learning was kind of, you know, having a heyday a little bit. And we said, let's, let's take a stab at solving this problem with technology rather than throwing a call center at it, throwing a bunch of humans at it. Call centers have been around for 20 plus years and they're not particularly scalable. They're not particularly enjoyable and they're not consistent. And technology solves all of those three things. And we were lucky enough to find some PhDs in stats, math from the graduate department at some local schools. turns out they're some of the best in machine learning in the country. And we set out to solve the problem of following up and converting leads through text and email, uh, which is now structurally. Awesome. And so as you guys were, first of all, what did you guys study in college? Was it, was it related to this? 
No, not really at all. I studied urban planning and GIS. It's actually why I have some cool maps behind me. Uh, I, have a, I have a love of maps. So GIS is just basically mapping on steroids. So I don't come from a programming background at all. Neither does my co-founder. He's a finance guy. Uh, we were lucky, very lucky to find some extremely smart uh, developers in the, the math and stats department uh, where all of this actually you know, derives from. That's all conversational AI, AI, uh, natural language processing. It's just math, basically. So, you know, what you mentioned a, a minute ago was that, you know, uh, basically ISAs, you know, inside sales, it's, it's kind of painful. It's not my game. And, and so I, I, I've always kind of steered away from it, but I understand the game that it is. And for so many real estate professionals, it's a very important piece of their business. And for some, it's their entire piece of their business. But mm -hmm. one of the things that you mentioned was that, you know, technology essentially solves that, I think is what you said, mm -hmm. solves what? Uh, usually when you're solving a problem, you're solving yeah. pain. And so I hear you're replacing humans. What's your take on that? Yeah. So first things first, I love the ISA model. And one of my good friends, Eric Hatch, who coaches ISAs from across the country, says, if you don't have an ISA, you are the ISA. And that is completely true because if you're not doing the follow-up, the chasing, uh, if you don't have someone to do that, it's on you. You can't just let that fall through the cracks. So I think that if you're listening and you're like, ah, I don't have an ISA, this isn't for me, you, you are the ISA. So everyone here listening has an ISA. And one of the things that when we started structurally was we are going to replace ISAs. That was kind of like our, our, our lead in. We were going to displace this market of ISAs. It's a tough job. Sometimes they don't even like the job. Cold calling is really hard. You get a ton of no's. But that didn't actually lead anywhere good. It just kind of confused people, said like, yeah, I hear you, but I kind of like my ISA to do a lot for me. And what we ended up finding is our product has a lot better position as augmenting the role of the ISA. Some of our best users today, our biggest teams, are actually ISAs themselves because they don't have to deal with the, the hundreds of cold calls to their database or brand new leads where they're just told no. With our product, they actually just get a handle the leads that we've qualified, teed up, and um, ideally, usually with our scripts, which are totally customizable, we're teeing up a phone call. Because again, like myself and the Hatch, uh, Eric Hatch and them have said like, dials are dying. People aren't answering the phone because they get a phone call, they don't know who the number is, they're silencing it, or it just gets blocked by the spam filters these days. But if you have a text conversation ahead of that, let them know who you are, tee up a phone call from an ISA, they're much more likely to actually answer that phone call. It's a much more enjoyable experience for the lead and the ISA because you know they're actually expecting the phone call. They can have a conversation about uh, some of the things that were mentioned in text, and it just kind of moves the entire process a lot quicker. I like that. So uh, here's what I heard you say. It's a complementary piece. They work yep. in conjunction. So when when you talk about that, are we talking about is is there's still got to be some level of either replacement? Because now let's just say you had a team of five mm 
And now you're not dealing with the less interested, the no answers. You're, you're, you're consolidating. You're being more efficient. You're saving a lot of time. Yep. So you have two ways to look at it. I can let some of these people go because I can scale it down and do it for less, or I can scale up my operation and now handle more leads. What are you seeing is the, is the predominant answer there? What do you recommend for somebody listening to this saying, huh, I need to look into this? Yeah. So I think that's a really good perspective. I would say that it really kind of gets like bifurcated pretty distinctly between two directions there. Like our biggest teams are leaning in. They're saying, I already have some ISAs. This is just making them more efficient. I'm going to go buy a lot more leads and just like churn and burn through the funnel a lot quicker. And then on the other side, kind of smaller teams, individual agents just getting started. They're saying, I don't have an ISA. I'm trying to scale up my team. I would rather, I don't have the money maybe, or the, you know, the, the breadth or the lead volume to actually hire an ISA. So I'm going to just use structurally in place of that ISA to augment me so I can focus on closing. And ultimately they'll hire an ISA kind of behind the behind structurally as they grow. But I think those are the two kind of distinct directions that we see. Ultimately, we always recommend hiring on hiring an ISA, you know, obviously you got to hit some certain thresholds in order to make that happen, get some certain closing volume. But we think that regardless of where you're at, if you're in the kind of smaller agent thinking about hiring an ISA or the bigger team uh, doubling down, your, your goal is ultimately to send more leads through structurally. And that might not necessarily mean new leads, one of the things that I've talked about a lot is I think that if you actually stopped generating new leads, you could probably make just as much in a month or two months, just focusing on your old leads. There's a ton of ne neglected gold in your database that our product helps work too, that we see a lot of users are kind of across those two different um, avenues use our product for as well, because they just kind of forgotten about those old leads. And there's, there's a ton of opportunity there regardless of if you're paying for new leads or not. I want to come back to that, but I want to digress for a second because I don't want to assume that everybody fully understands exactly what AI is and what it does for you. So let's digress for a second yeah. uh, before we, let's go back to what we, you were just talking about. But first, uh, let's talk a little bit about the functionality of artificial intelligence and how it, it first of all, what it is, how it replaces humans to act like a human. Uh, and for those of you that are, you know, big lab coders, you're very familiar with, you know, Ylopo, they're really good friends of ours. And they have uh, their AI, which is called Raya. And Raya speaks to your lead on your behalf before it turns it over to a human, whether that's you or that's an ISA. So uh, I just wanted to give them some context, but so, so back it up. And let's talk a little bit about AI in general and now what it's kind of evolved into and what it is exact, exactly doing. So I don't want to assume that everybody knows exactly what it is. Yeah. So one of my favorite definitions of AI as a, as a high level uh, definition is from our, one of our machine learning engineer, who's a PhD in computational theory. So this is what he studies. And he says, AI simply is a computer doing the task or job that historically a human has done. Super simple. And there's a lot of different means and channels, different avenues of, of AI. There's predictive analytics. That's something like the Zillow's estimate, which can kind of be considered AI. 
to a degree. There's conversational AI, which is what we do. There's generative AI, which is like producing the art for NFTs, things like that. There's whole, there, there's computer vision, which is helping self-driving cars. Um, there's, there's all sorts of different avenues in, in AI. We're exclusively focused on conversational AI, which is what I can speak best to. And what you were kind of talking about with Lilopo and other, you know, conversational AI products in the market that are just having conversations with leads to qualify them. If you come back to that original definition of AI, it's a, it's a job that historically humans have done that now computers do. That's the lens that we took when we approached real estate, which I think was actually the hardest market we could have started in because our goal from day one was to say our product will be indistinguishable from human. We've all probably experienced the pretty crappy chatbots on websites that pop up and then you kind of go, you know, can I get some help? And they say, what's your name? And you say, whatever. Or if you say something that it's not expecting, it's just a horrible train wreck. Basically, <laughs> if you say, uh, if it says, you know, what's your email and you say, Nate, it thinks that that is your email now, for whatever reason, they're just not that intelligent. And we said that cannot happen in real estate because of how empathetic, how emotional, how big of a purchase it is. So we are very excited after being in the market for about five years that over 5 million of our conversations we analyzed and we see that 99.9% of our, our leads actually believe they're talking to a human. And there's a whole bunch of little things that get us there that I'd be happy to dive into, but that's kind of my overarching take on AI. I like it. Uh, would you consider a Google uh, to be AI? You know, you ask a question yeah. and it, it gets smarter and now it knows what to answer. And Absolutely. Yeah. And especially if you think about like the um, autofill, I guess I'll call it like when you're even typing in the Google search and it kind of predicts what you're searching for. Or if you're writing an email in Gmail, it now has the autofill, you know, tab to complete uh, the rest of the conversation. That's entirely conversational AI, actually. The same mechanism that Google is using to predict the next words in your sentence is actually a very similar model that we are using uh, in our machine learning uh, world as well. Basically, we're taking text from a lead and trying to predict what should be said next. And that's kind of an overarching research theme in AI that's come to kind of the, the center stage in the last few years that's kind of driven this huge advancement in natural language processing specifically. So you talked about the success rate or, you know, or, or the, the lack of, of screw ups, because I think that's the, the fear that anybody probably has. And, I, and I'm, my guess is the vast majority of the industry uh, probably either A, isn't really too educated about this or B, they kind of stick their nose up to it. Like, you know, our grandfathers who said, I'll never use a, a computer. Right. And, and as everything continues to evolve and I, I, Nate, as you can guess, I speak to this all the time, like with social media, it's like, listen, you can try to fight it, but it's still coming, right? Just like, just like a radio was 50 or however many years ago when mom said, this is ruining my kids. They used to play outside. Now all they want to do is stand in silence with the radio yeah. and we demonized it. And then we demonized beepers because it was only for drug dealers, but yet, and, and yet now we, we wish we could just go back to the day of these things, right? And I say the same thing about social. 30 years from now, we're going to wish 
all we had was social because the world's going to get a lot more complicated. And this is the kind of thing talking to that audience that that can brace it. It, it, you can, you can fight it, but it's not going to, it's not, you're not going to stop it. You're not going to stop that train. And so, so for those people, and, and I tease those people and say, you probably still get a newspaper delivered to your house every day. <laughs> I, I mean that as a joke. Don't, 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 don't smack me. Nate didn't say that. Jeff said that, <laughs> but, but for those, for that mindset, I think the fear is, well, it's going to say something wrong. It's going to screw up. It's going to clearly show it's a robot and bam, I lost the lead. What do you say to the people that have that fear? Consistency is key. One of the things that was extremely surprising to us, I think as a company, is humans are notoriously inconsistent. I think we can all admit that. We always will say, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. I'm going to keep going. We don't do it. I'm going to keep following up with my leads. We don't do it. We're just inconsistent. And even if we like train ourselves, we're still going to drop the ball. We just can only handle so much. And one of the things that we learned is AI, conversational AI is extremely consistent. You set a program in place and it will follow up X many times over X many days. No questions asked, no matter how many leads you throw at it. Same with learning, same with training it. So there's no such thing as self-learning AI. I will dispel that myth I do on every single podcast I'm on. There is humans who feed very regimented, hand-tagged messages into our model. We have millions of these hand-tagged messages that turn text from a lead that says something like, you know, I'm going through a divorce into mention divorce or something like that. We have millions of these. And when you train an AI a number of times on the different ways that people say those things, it learns and it doesn't make those same mistakes over and over again. And that's what we've seen. That's why we've been able to report 99.9% of our leads actually believe they're talking to a human is because we have humans in the loop that train these conversations constantly. The AI doesn't give up. It It consistently follows up with leads, even when the leads ghost us. And we have humans who review conversations for conversation quality, basically in real time as well, when the model is unsure of itself or has low confidence. So there's a lot of safe kind of safety valves, at least in the way that we've built our conversational engine, that is the reason why we have 99.9% conversational quality, believing that they're talking to a human. And one of the, I think, most exciting things about that number is that 0.1%. We've actually looked at those. And the way we determine that is because we can see very granular level kind of analytics into our conversation. And we can see that 0.1% of our leads say something like, hey, is this a human? Are Are you a robot? This is kind of weird. And we actually built responses for that to say, oh, no, funny you ask. I'm actually a digital assistant here for XYZ team. And more often than not, we actually see those leads say, oh, okay, sorry. That was just a weird comment you made and keep going. So we actually overcome that quite often. And those are like the little tiny details that go into making these conversations super human-like. We even put like uh, purposeful typos. So don't be afraid of typos. It's very human-like. We put purposeful typos in our message that we correct a second later with asterisk T-H-E and emojis and GIFs and all these things that, you know, I think that everyone who's scared of AI because of its lack of empathy, lack of humanity, 
I would also kind of question a little thought experiment, like what's making you seem human-like to your leads? Are you the best person to have conversations at scale? Are you the most consistent? Or do you think that something that's been trained on millions and millions of messages has a little bit of a leg up into what scripts work, what little tidbits like purposeful typos work and is something that's super consistent as well? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's speed to lead ultimately. And, and the reality is you look in the mirror, uh, whoever's listening to this and say, are you on 24 seven? And some of you can maybe say yes, but most of you are not and don't want to be. And this is where AI fits that bill, right? This is where yeah. it bridges the gap. Uh, and, and not only that, like you say, it's, it's, it, it helps be a complimentary piece. So you can have less of the conversations that end up going nowhere, it's going to weed those out. And then, and I, again, I understand this from a Y-Lopo perspective, so I'm slightly partial there, but, but that's because that's who I know and I understand it. I know there's other platforms that probably have it and use it, but in their particular system, and I, and I assume this is still the case, uh, but if it's evolved, enlighten me, that you can be watching these conversations take place and you can jump in whenever you want. And the minute you jump in now, Raya or the AI stops, it knows human chimed in. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's something we do in our system for sure. We don't want to be a black box for our conversations. We have a mobile app. We have a dashboard. We integrate with your CRM, like 10 plus CRMs in real estate. So you can actually see these conversations in real time, take over if you want, but we're always preaching internally, let the conversation play out. We will set you up for an appointment at the end. That's typically how we hand things off. Let it play out. We actually see leads open up to assist assistance more often than when they feel like they're talking to an agent directly because their, their guard is down. They can tell you about their divorce. They can tell you that they're actually thinking about moving in the next 30 days. They're a lot more open. And I think if you chime in and try and muddy the situation really quickly or early, you're not really doing yourself any justice. You know, you're creating more work for you. You're creating more confusion for the lead. There's a time and place for you to jump in. And that's when the lead's qualified and ready. I love it. I love it. So, you know, now that we've essentially overcome that, and, and, and let's just say, you know, somebody is at that place where uh, I know that I want to scale, right? Because this is the reality. And I think, honestly, we're not talking to the big real estate team here because most of them are probably already well entrenched in this. And I want to talk to them as well, but I want to talk to the, the one-off, the small team, the, the one who's afraid to let go, right? And, and at some point, you have to decide, do you want to be in the grind forever or do you want to grow your business, but also not, you know, have it as a scale so you can have a quality of life. Right. Yep. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is really the biggest driver of what AI is creating for those agents. And so if I am that agent, you know, what is it? Because you mentioned this, this isn't just about leads. And I think a lot of people think, okay, AI buy leads. Why well, don't buy leads tune out. 
right? I don't need to listen to this podcast. But like you said, like this is also about past customers. This is about a lot of different other areas besides just leads. So let's talk a little bit about that before we go to the kind of the big team conversation. Yeah. And let me get, if if you don't mind, let me get a little business philosophical for one second to answer that question too. I think that if you're thinking, if you're a team leader that's thinking about growing and you're holding on for dear life and trying not to give up things like qualifying leads, chasing leads, doing everything, you're not thinking about how to grow a team. One of the best advice I've ever gotten from growing a company is your job as a founder, leader, executive is to replace yourself at every single milestone. Your job is to take off a hat, take off a hat, take off a hat. I even got to a point at Structurally where I've been the CEO and we hired a CEO. I'm still the founder of Structurally, but I said, I'm going to take that hat off because he's better. He, I can focus on what I'm really good at, which is innovating and product. And, you know, I think that that is one like hurdle to get over. If you're listening right now is your job is literally to replace yourself as you scale. And one of the ways that you can do that is with AI. I think that when, if you're scared to like take off your hat, if you're scared to dip your toe in or, you know, take the plunge, you can dip your toe in with old leads. Like you were mentioning, we, you all, you probably have them. If you're newer, you might not have a huge database, but you want to squeeze the juice out of every lead you possibly have. And you, one thing that we've seen, I think it's actually a, I forget if it's a study from Salesforce or who, but most sales most sales reps across the board give up after the third to fourth attempt at a, at a prospect. And typically contact is made after the sixth to eighth or beyond attempt that for whatever reason, agents, lenders, people from this space are notoriously scared, I think, to make their lead mad and they don't, they're not aggressive enough. And I'm not saying that our scripts, which are totally customizable, are super aggressive. I think we follow up 52 times over 12 months, and that's over text and email by default. You can customize that. But we're pretty aggressive up front. And we, on average, see about a 57% engagement rate up front. And that's pretty high for the industry comparatively. But that's because we're a little aggressive. And the same can be said for your old leads. If you look back at your old leads, have you given them six to eight attempts? Probably not. If you have, have they responded? And for those that haven't, maybe you think about sending those to Structurally um, because we have customized scripts for old leads that are tailored to them. So we say things like, hey, you've been on our site in the past looking at properties or looking at a mortgage. Uh, are you still thinking about a move? So it's not like some dumb conversation where we're just like, hey, you registered, let's talk. You know, it's contextually aware that they are an older lead. And again, that can also be totally customized to exactly what you want to say if if you want to. Uh, we have a bunch of scripts in our library that you can pick from, or you can totally customize them too, to even tune that language a little more. And I, I hate to say it to those that are thinking that way, which is that I don't want to bother them or I don't want to be too pushy. I get it. Like, that's just a human interaction. That's a human emotion. That's a human reaction. It's just, it's just how we think. Right. But yeah. the reality is the best of the best 
the companies like a structurally, the guys like Nate are doing their homework to figure out what is the right cadence. And the, and this probably isn't one size fits all. Every customer is different. But for you to have a conversion rate that you have, maybe if you have that mindset, you should actually trust a company like a structurally who knows that you have to be a little bit more aggressive or you just have to be willing to accept that you're just going to close less deals. Yeah. Simple as that. Because somebody else is going to get more aggressive and go get it. And they're going to steal it from you. And then you're going to be pissed off. And you're going to be like, damn it, I should have listened. Right? Yeah. And I'll also say the best salespeople, the best salespeople get to a no. And I yes. think that's what so many people are scared of, of, is hearing that no. And you can always overcome a no. They might not be ready to buy yet. We can chase them later. But at least when you get to a no, you know that you don't have to continue chasing them. You can put them in a different part of your pipeline, focus on the ones that are more likely to say yes. I love that. And, and, and even going back to what you said about the whole business mentality, you know what that reminded me of, which is, you know, uh, you have to be willing to replace yourself with somebody potentially smarter than you and better than you. That goes back to the old Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, he's really, that's for me, he's the one who drove that home and said there's a difference between, and I, I can't remember what he called them, but it was like a business owner versus, you know, a business op. I don't know what it was exactly, but you know my point. The point is, is the the best of the best scale and replace themselves. The other ones never leave the business because they always feel like nobody can do it as good as me. I have to stay highly entrenched and highly involved, which means they have they do not have the ability to grow and scale. Yep. You have to decide as a real estate agent, which do you want to be? It's not wrong to say you're going to stay a small little team and make a very good living. You're just going to be in the grind pretty much forever. Whereas the other side of it are the ones who work their way out of the grind with the income to go with it. Mm -hmm. And quality of life arguably might be a little bit better. Yeah. I love that. So let's talk about the future a little bit. Obviously you have your finger on a lot of different pulses. And I think if I am that big team who says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing all of this don't need to be told it, but I do want to be on the innovative side. I want to know what's coming. I know what I need to be looking out for. Let's talk about the future. Like, what do you see? Where is this going? What should people be looking out for? Yeah, I love that question because I love thinking about what's next in, in terms of AI. I think it comes back to the different avenues of AI. Like I mentioned earlier, there's a whole, whole bunch of different channels and I don't know what's coming in computer vision. Hopefully we get self-driving cars from Tesla or whoever someday soon. Uh, but in the terms of conversational AI, one of the things that I'm most excited about and have a passion for at Structurally in my role as head of innovation is there is a study from Salesforce. They know, they know salespeople better than anyone in the world will ever know because they're the biggest CRM in the world. They have found that sales teams spend just one third of their time actually selling. So they're spending two thirds of their time scheduling appointments, qualifying leads, following up with leads, updating their CRM, basically mundane behind the scenes, busy work. But when you're a commission-based salesperson, which is most salespeople, when you think about that, what if you could just get another third? What if you could flip that, that equation? What if you could spend two thirds of your time actually selling and one third of your time doing the mundane tasks? you're probably gonna see bigger commission checks or more commission checks, which is great. It's what we all want, business wins and you win. 
So that is like a problem that I'm passionate about figuring out is how to flip that stat basically. So at least you spend two thirds of your time spent selling. And I think one of the areas where I've learned is an opportunity for that is in terms of content creation, salespeople, marketing people, you know, your real estate team, think about how much time you're writing. You're either writing a contract, you're writing an email, you're writing a property description. You're literally writing constantly um, something. And that eats into a lot of your time spent selling. So if we come back to those different avenues of AI, one of the places I'm most excited about is generative AI, like I mentioned. And there's this whole world in terms of, I'll get a little technical. There's a world called GPT-3, which is a, the world's largest natural language processing model. It's trained on basically the internet. It's every piece of text that it could glean from the internet, all of Wikipedia, all of everything. It, it's trained on that. It's the largest training set of words ever. It's run by a company called OpenAI, which is actually a former Elon Musk company. But what GPT-3 does is you can basically tell it a task and it will do that task. It's all written. So if you say, write me a children's story about a whale or something, it'll write you a children's story about a whale. And you can do all sorts of things with it. You can, you know, tell it to schedule you appointments. Like you can tell it to write stories, write poems, people writing plays with it. But one of the things I'm most excited about is how can it eat into that one? How can it eat into that two thirds of your time not spent selling, not spent selling? And I think it can do things like write your emails for you. It can write your scripts for you. It can maybe even write your property descriptions for you or some form of your contract for you. And it's already been trained to do a lot of those things. Because like when I said, like when I started the call and mentioned Gmail, how it like auto-completes, same type of technology. The way this model works, it's so big its goal is to actually simply predict the next word because it knows from all of the various texts that it's gleaned from the world, usually it knows the next word in a, in a model. And that's how it continues to predict. If you say, write me a children's story, it can go look at its portion of data where it's been trained on children's story and kind of know what words are common in children's stories. Same, same can be said for sales emails you know, closing docs, transaction docs, marketing copy, all these things. I think I'm really excited about in Structurally's world. We can use models like that to actually write scripts for us, which is a huge burden for a lot of people and a huge burden for us. And I think that can save sales and marketers tons of time. Do you think that from a cost perspective, because a lot of what you just described is being solved, if not through local staff, through VAs, virtual Mm -hmm. assistants. Uh, From a cost comparative standpoint, how do you think, and you probably don't know yet, but, uh, you know, is that something that is potentially now going to threaten the VA world because the cost will actually, because it's just like, it's just like VAs are replacing people from the United States because it's way more cost effective. It's a better work ethic. uh, It's more reliable and they do just as good of a job, right? It's I'm sorry, but it's just true. Is is that what you potentially could foresee there? I think it comes back to, again, it will augment the role of the VA. 
That's my, I, I, I genuinely believe that. I think that everyone is, this comes back to what we started the whole podcast on what we would debate on. And my whole, I, there's, there's camps on this. Like I think Zuckerberg thinks that AI will replace jobs and Elon thinks that AI will augment jobs. I'm on, I'm on the Elon side here. I've always thought that it will cut out the mundane tasks that no humans like doing. It won't replace you. It will make your jobs easier and your lives more enjoyable. And I think that that is the, the same truth for the kind of VA aspect. It will help them kind of seed their work. They don't have to write an email, you know, perfectly. They can kind of get an entire body, a chunk, 80% of the way there, and then tweak parts of it. Same with a contract. They can generate a huge chunk of it, tweak little parts. So I think that it will, again, just make their lives easier. It'll, I think AI is here to make all of our lives easier, not to entirely replace us yet. <laughs> this is why everybody hates Zuckerberg and loves Elon, <laughs> because Zuckerberg basically is anti-human. If I'm, you know, if I want to take it that far, and yeah. Elon says, no, 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 it's just gonna, it's just gonna support us. I don't know who's right or wrong, and maybe Elon's just smarter uh, from this, from from the campaigning standpoint, just knows what to say, and Zuckerberg has no freaking clue, which blows my mind. Well, um, there's the age old, age old debate that. Mark Zuckerberg is actually a robot himself. So we don't know. We don't know for sure. <laughs> I think I think he might he might be somebody who's evolved into a robot. Damn exactly. Near. I mean, that's that's amazing. All right, cool. So so Nate, uh, it, you know, kind of in summary, you know, we we've talked about you know for those this is really covered a, a broad base here. What do you want to say in closing? You have anything that you that I haven't asked you that you want to say before I say how can people connect with you? Yeah, I would just reiterate a lot of the things that I think we wanted to cover. A, don't be don't be as scared don't be scared of AI. It's here to augment your role. Whatever your role is, I think you need to take a good look in the mirror. Again, kind of reiterating some of the things. I always recommend you need an ISA. You need that function in your business to follow up with leads, qualify leads. You can't do it in a kind of fake way. You have to have a system in place to do it. If you don't have a system, you are the system or you are the ISA. And that might only be temporary. Like we talked about your job as a team leader, individual agent, whatever broker is to replace your role. You want to replace yourself. So if you're the ISA right now, cool. Use something like structurally or don't to augment yourself until you can hire an ISA to take that entirely off your plate. And then always keep in mind kind of some, th some of the things that I said, like those stats from Salesforce and others don't just come about for fun. They're constantly analyzing the efficiency of sales teams. Contact attempts happen and are made after the sixth or eighth attempt. And you're spending one third of your week or your time actually selling. What if you could just flip that? What if you could actually spend two thirds of your time actually selling? Hopefully your commission rate would go up. And I think that the only way you can do that is with more people or more technology. And you have to make a decision there to say, what can I afford? What makes sense for my margins? What's makes sense for my business right now? And really think about long-term where your role is going to be and where you want it to be, what you're innately good at, what you're great at and uh, focus there. Love it. And so for those listening that say, all right, sold, I need this in my life. I don't have it in my life. 
I have a lot of the traditional means, where do they go get it? Yeah, I always like to I always like to put my money where my mouth is a little bit. So uh, if you want to test the product and actually have a conversation with it, that's my best bet to kind of get you to buy in. And it's you can go to testyouraiassistant.com, fill out a form. You can act like a lead, try and break it. But I always like to say sometimes we see some really funky conversations when people are trying to ask things like, hey, when are we going to discover aliens and what language do they speak? Like, that's not something a lead would say. We're going to handle it. But like, try and act like a little bit like a lead. Have some tough conversations there. But that'll give you a great experience as what as to what it's like to actually talk to AI. I love it. That's smart. That's smart on your part, too, because now you're getting you're you're, you're making the computers smarter. Yeah. Doing this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. And and if they're beyond that point, they say, cool, I'm going to go play around with that. But I just yeah. know I need AI. One, where do I go to get it? And two, is it compatible with any other systems that I'm currently using, CRMs, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you want to demo, just go to structurally.com. There's a demo button. Uh, you'll get connected with our team. But we integrate with, I think, eight to 10 of the major CRMs today, Sierra, Follow Boss. Sync, Lion Desk, kind of the full suite. And I would definitely consider those channels themselves too. If you're using YLOPO, if you're using Sync, if you're using Sierra, whatever, see if they have AI. And that probably, that might satisfy what you need. Uh, everyone's offering is slightly different throughout the, the market. And we know there's all sorts of AI offerings out there. So one of you have to kind of make some decisions. Do you want it fully integrated into your system? Do you want it partially integrated into your system through structurally with more control? Like we offer a lot more script customization through our product directly. If that's something that's super important to you, you might want to go to us directly. If you want kind of a hands-off, more integrated approach, you might just think about going straight through your CRM. doesn't really matter to us. We just love seeing conversational AI make the industry a lot better. I love it. And I think I, I will end with this is that I think that the the real estate teams and, and agents that are out there that already are into the lead game are very familiar with AI to a degree, right? In some higher degrees than others. But those of you that your business is solely built upon SOI, it's, you know, it's your past clients, it's your friends, your family, it's that sort of thing. And you sit there and every year you look at your business and you say, it's just, it's you, know, you just never never know when the next deal is going to come. I think this is speaking to you. This is something I think you should test because I can I can I know from from talking to a lot of these agents that you don't like the lead game. You don't want to cold call. You just don't like it. It's not in your DNA. And that's I'm the same way. So I can I can sympathize with you. This is that barrier to entry in my opinion. If I was still selling. Uh, I would be all over this because it allows me to get into an arena that I hated previously. Uh, a, I have no expertise. B, I don't want to do it myself. So it was, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I have to manage people that are doing it. And I don't know, I'm not that good at it. So how can I manage somebody effectively, right? So all this is now being created for you to, to potentially create another arm. I'm not saying it's going to replace it, but maybe it's just another arm. You spend a few bucks to make a few extra bucks. Uh, I would, I would, I would challenge some of you that are in that boat to go test this stuff out and go, go to testyouraiassistant.com and go play with it. Go see how smart this stuff is. And then from there, Nate, how do they connect with, if they have 
no lead game whatsoever, and they're interested, where would you advise they go next? Yeah, if they have no lead game, but they do have old leads, that is something that we see a lot of our teams get up and running, like I said, as kind of like a toe in the water approach. So I would say that's a great first opportunity for you to consider. One of the things that we've seen time and time again is like chasing your old leads is not a you know, brand new idea. We've, I'm sure every, every person in the industry has heard that beaten into their skull time and time again. Maybe you've even like taken that advice and like blast texted your database or a portion of it through your CRM and got flooded with responses. That's usually what happens. And then you don't follow up with them because humans are inconsistent, which we get. So that is a great little test. Take 50, take a hundred leads, send them through a structurally campaign, and let the conversations just happen. Hands off, let it integrate into your CRM so you can see the conversations if you need to, and just test it as a kind of toe in the water approach that way. You can always do that just by going again to structurally.com, seeing a demo, seeing who we integrate with, making sure that we have a good integration with your CRM because that's super important and kind of getting started that way. Smart. So that's structure, the word structure, L-Y, structurally. Yep. StructureLY.com. Go check it out. Nate, it's been a pleasure. It's been great to uh, get to know you. Clearly, we know a lot of the same people. So <laughs> it's always fun to talk to people that uh, that uh, live in that same vein. So I yep. appreciate you today. This has been awesome. Thank you for being on here and uh, hope to stay in touch. Absolutely, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Today's podcast is brought to you by Follow a Boss. Follow a Boss is the real estate CRM that turns every agent into a top performer. Follow a Boss is packed with features, but it's intuitive and easy to use, so agents love working with it, and it integrates with everything. Use multiple lead sources? Guess what? Follow a Boss keeps them all organized. Want to try new marketing channels? Switch website providers? Plug them right into Follow Up Boss. Visit followupboss.com forward slash lab coat to see how Follow Up Boss helps you close more deals. That's followupboss.com forward slash lab coat. Lab Coat Agents Podcasts.